0: Are you ready to unleash your full potential and become unstoppable in your success and leadership? Welcome to the Unleashed
1: and Unstoppable podcast, where we provide powerful insights and strategies for coaches, corporate leaders, and entrepreneurs.
0: I'm Alexanne Carter. And I'm Carol Register, and we're certified master neurocoaches who are passionate about helping you overcome your limiting beliefs and optimize your performance.
1: Each week, we'll be sharing actionable tips and strategies using neuroscience from interviews with industry experts to solo episodes to help you lead a life of power, purpose,
0: and possibility on your own terms. Join our community of like minded individuals. Hit subscribe now and let's be unleashed and unstoppable together.
1: All right, leaders, I am so excited to introduce you to Danielle Levy. She is a sought after business coach and strategist who helps six and seven figure online business owners expand with clarity and efficiency. After experience in the traditional business world, Danielle established the boardroom league. And I love this name for what you established. I just think it's so timely to address this and speak into this. And the goal really of the Boardroom League is to give other entrepreneurs a little black book of trusted industry professionals to help them grow and scale their businesses. But Danielle is here today to talk about claiming your role as the CEO and firing the Chief Everything Officer. So, welcome, Danielle. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. So, I know that you said, like, this is, you know, you love talking about this. So, let's just dive in. Like, when you think about, the leader, right. And you think about the, you know, the person doing all the things, where do we start really? Like, where do we start to claim our role as a CEO and fire the the chief everything officer? I love that. The, the yeah. chief everything officer. Like, how, like how do you transition? Like, where do you start? Like, yeah. Can you speak into that and like help our audience really
0: know, like, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think even to take a step back, I think one of the hardest things is to actually identify identify that the chief everything officer has been born, right? Because most people get into a business because it's the thing that they're really good at, or it's a passion project, or um, they found initial success in it. And um, it's taken off in some capacity. And, you know, it, it stops going from like a hustle to like, oh my goodness, this is a real business and I can't keep up with it anymore. Or I'm getting into areas of things that I didn't sign up to do, even though it's my business and they have to get done. Right. But you're in that momentum of the business and you have to literally like look around and say, Oh my gosh, what has happened? And how do I slow this train just for a second so that I can take a deep breath and figure out how to get myself in front of the business instead in the middle of it.
1: And I think you said something really key there. I get to slow down the train. Right. And I mean, when you're so into the day in, day out, and as you're kind of saying, like the hustle, right? Like almost find yourself in this sort of reactive state of just moving things. When do you know maybe that it's the right time that, okay, it's time to take a pause. You know, it's time to take a moment to to take a step back and really relook at how you're doing things so that you do set yourself up for success, right? That you're not handing down this path to burnout because essentially that's the outcome of that, right? And I've seen that a lot in my clients. I've seen a lot with entrepreneurs and coaches that I've been working with. And, you know, we spoke earlier today about my husband really at that point with his business. And like, where do you... You identify that you can't keep going, right? Like it's not sustainable. And then where do you go from there from that point?
0: Yeah. So I think the first place that um, any sort of leader typically sees it is when they think about why they either took the position or Mm -hmm. why they created the business. Um, It's for freedom of time, freedom of money, usually, right? And when you've lost those things you already can, that is a quick diagnosis that you are not in control of your business because you're not in the business for the reasons that you wanted to be um and so that is like a screaming red flag in my opinion like a change has to get made so in my opinion CEOs um and and certainly i recognize that money does not grow on trees nor does expertise right mm-hmm. but CEOs and leaders of any sort, and whether this is at the company level or at the department level, need to be responsible for the vision. They need to be designing the business. They don't need to be the doers in the business. Um, They need to be that champion and spokesperson for the business and that that like key subject matter expert that gets brought in like as the 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 true guest that everyone is just so excited for um there's a few other instances where i think you know a ceo or a leader needs to be there whether it's signing the taxes or you know hiring lawyers or some of that more um, kind of mundane stuff. But for the most part, everything outside of those areas that I just identified, someone else in the business can do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's really important for business leaders to be really clear on the things that they like to do, the things that they're not so great at. For the most part, anything that's a repetitive task needs to be handed handed off because somebody else can probably do it faster or better.
1: So Danielle what comes to me right there is I mean and I was there too feeling like only you can do it, right? Or feeling like it's easier to do it all yourself than it is to pass off and to delegate and to to bring somebody else in like just even looking at training and things like that. So what could you speak into in terms of that, to support the leader, to be ready for that, right? And, and, and embrace that to set them up for success, really, for that vision that they're creating for their business and their their team.
0: Yeah. So one of the things that you just mentioned was, you know, creating the time or the resources to train. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I always really encourage people to look at is, I do believe in spent. In spending the time up front to do the training, whether it's the videos, whether it's the SOPs, whether it's the training vault, whatever that is, that takes additional time. But the amount, the number of times that that will be repurposed from team member to team member exponentially outweighs that initial time up front and it ensures the consistency of what's going to be done. So, um You know, that's one thing I always say. And I also say, just in terms of delegating, it doesn't have to be like, I'm throwing it over the fence and I'm never going to see it again, right? Like delegate in a way that's comfortable and the way that's highly collaborative, that you really still feel in control of your business and the work that's being done and the time that's being spent because time and money are things that you cannot get back Mm -hmm. Um, and just kind of ease into it.
1: Oh, I like that. That reminder to ease into it. Right. I think a lot of times, right, we're thinking that it's gonna go right overnight. We're gonna go from this to that. And so setting yourself up for success with that timeline, having things done ahead of time, I think is really powerful. I think I've also heard that once, like as you're doing the task yourself, record it. I mean, there's so many different tools available now for screen recording to record tasks and then, you know, build your SOPs, which I think is important and a really important reminder to spend time on that, right? And in building, you know, so that you, you have that for your teams. And you also talked about really leveraging, right. And then the speed at once it's all in place that you can then grow and to go back to that vision piece, which it, it is easy to get lost. And I think as the leader, right. As the business owner. And we spoke a little bit earlier today about how, or you take a really big stand about how the leader or the business owner, right. They're not
0: they're not the entity, right? No, they're not. And um, you know, I think making that distinction, at least, you know, for myself as a coach and a consultant, understanding that the person that's actually writing my paycheck isn't isn't my client. The business is my client has served me really well because it's allowed me to have clarity in what is right and wrong decision making. It has allowed me to have those hard conversations with CEOs, with team members because at the end of the day, we're all there to serve the business. We're not there to serve, um, you know, an org chart or personalities or anything like that. And when you get really clear that the business is the client, everything is just so much easier. Wow.
1: I love, can you repeat that? Because I think that that's, ah. I really want to make sure that that lands with the audience because I've never really heard it and presented it in that way. I Again, we, we're so into it, right? And especially if we are behind the, the the title and the name of the business that we see it as us as, as an individual versus it being this entity. So yeah, I want to drive that, that message home, Danielle, if you mind repeating that lesson that you learned.
0: Yeah, no, just in, in separating the personalities and the org chart um, from what needs to get done in the business. And I think um, as managers and leaders, if we can lead with that, um, identity. Um, it allows us to hear a lot of ideas from our team and think about other just ways of doing business. And it makes a lot of really hard decisions, pretty easy and pretty clear.
1: What was some of the lesson that you learned, like as you made that transition and had that shift
0: for you? it's really given me confidence in, in having the hard conversations more than anything, mm-hmm. you know, the numbers are what the numbers are, or here's what I'm seeing with another team member. We have to make a change of some sort, or, you know, here's what I'm seeing in the way that you CEO are showing up in the business. Um, there, there needs to be done with grace and kindness, of course. Um, but I'm not, I'm not so worried about hurting feelings anymore.
1: I was having some conversations recently and a lot of it has been around having some of those hard conversations right that aren't always easy to have and so it sounds like because you've kind of removed yourself away from that identity as you said it's been able to create a bit more of a neutral like a neutral ground to be able to to speak from.
0: Yeah, and I think it it hopefully shows that I'm I'm operating in integrity with the business and I'm looking out um for what is best for, for the business, um, in the best possible way.
1: And what comes to mind when we talk about identity is the identity of the CEO. Mm-hmm. What comes to mind when you hear that, when you think about
0: this identity as a CEO? You know, I've, I've actually only worked with a, a handful of truly wonderful CEOs. I think, Um, It is a position that comes with an incredible amount of responsibility and that very few people have the professional and emotional capacity to really know how to handle and, and to grow with. Um, and I'm sure you've heard the stats that you know so many businesses start stalling between one and five million um, because the CEO CEO doesn't know how to respond to that um, mm-hmm. or doesn't have the experience with that. And um, when I first heard that sad, it was so startling to me um, because, well, honestly, it made me a little bit sad. Like you've worked so hard to get to that seven figure mark, right? But as a CEO, you need to continue to evolve and grow. So it's a really complicated role to know when you need to be in the business and when you need to be in front of the business and where you need to be so far out in front of the business, like it maybe it doesn't even exist yet. And that's a really complicated place to be. But you know what, like that's an amazing place to be, right? <laughs> like that's incredible.
1: And I think just the invitation to do that, like for everyone who is listening today, to to put yourself back in that, right? Like, as you were saying earlier, like you get to be the spokesperson for, for your, you know, whether you're leading a team or a division, or a department or your business, like you are sort of the face, sort of speak, right? Yes. And just because you are the face, you also can still separate yourself from that entity and step into the CEO and and representing whatever that is, which I think is a really powerful message, Danielle, that you've driven home here. And you know, as you were speaking, it was just literally making that that total disconnection, right? Of of stepping into that that true CEO role and and not being, yeah, the 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 chief of
0: everything, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's really easy to become a chief everything officer. Um, it's also a real dangerous spot to be. So
1: kind of looping back a little bit, you kind of alluded it there and even spoke about a bit earlier. Where does the CEO get to spend their time? Like you talked about the vision and being the spokesperson, but, you know, and and sometimes I think what's easier is we, okay, we're saying we get to spend our time there. So where should we not be spending our time? What are some things that those that are listening today can already start to look at? Okay, I can already start to delegate this and create more time and space for myself to be more the CEO of what I'm doing.
0: Yeah. um, I would say anytime the CEO falls into a doer, role. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if it's outside of their zone of genius or excellence, you know, that is something to be mindful of. Um, CEOs should be designing the business. They should be having those big ideas. They should be taking advantage of the networking and the JV partnerships and all of those things. So it's so easy to be in that comfort, comfort zone of being a doer or needing to be the manager of all things. Um but I would say that that is not not the, the best way to spend time.
1: With all the different businesses that you've worked with and coached, what are some of the common challenges that you see a lot of the CEO's experience or some things to be mindful of as you're going through this transition, as you're looking at the delegation piece, and as you are stepping back in that more visionary role of the business and your team?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um... I think I consistently see um, CEOs as bottlenecks, and it's about first of all identifying what those bottlenecks are, and secondarily, it's an, it's about understanding the root cause of them. Is this is it a control issue with the CEO? Is it a system or a process? Like what is the what is the the root of that bottleneck? Um, and then I would say trust is or lack of trust. Um, And how it displays itself is the other common thread that I see with CEOs. Um, And to me, that says either that the CEO needs to let go or there's not the right team members in the right seats at the company or at the the department level um, to be able to relinquish that trust and, and have it there. And so either way, I think it's it's about reflecting on the root the root cause of the issue and then trying to figure out a plan to get around it or over it, I should say.
1: Well, and that's, I think that's what, that's more time. And I'm not saying that in in a bad way. I'm saying, I think something that you've really driven home today, Danielle, is, the, is time, right? Creating yourself time to assess and look at where am I becoming the bottleneck, right? Time to really look at what is the source of what's happening. And when we are so reactive in what we're doing, we're not creating that, t- that time for it. And, you know, you said it earlier, right? The time is very precious and we don't get it back. And it's really important to create that, that space. And I mean, I'm guilty, right? You look at the calendar and it's got this and this and this and this and this and this, and this. Uh, what can you, you, you know, what, what can you maybe say about that? Or how can you guide the audience who is already looking at the already really full calendar that could be booked solid for the next couple of months out? How would you support them in starting and addressing that so that that's not something that continues?
0: Yeah. So I would, I would challenge your thinking. And I I understand that it takes the time to pause to recognize these things, but I think once you've done it, the amount of time that gets freed up when you're not the bottleneck, when you don't have people coming to you for the decisions, like that's opening pockets of time on your calendar. And so Mm -hmm. to really look at ways that you can, you can do that. Right. Um, I think that's, just so important. Um, and in terms of, you know, creating those opportunities for more time as individuals, we are the only ones that hold those boundaries for time. Even if we have an assistant, um, we need to direct that assistant on where to put those boundaries in place. Um, and so to really think about like, you know, where is my time going? Even if it sounds like a silly exercise, like track your time for like, a week, right? Or maybe even a day. Like see it just will go poof and it'll disappear <laughs> like you wouldn't you wouldn't believe. A time block only takes certain types of meetings on certain days, right? Um it's okay to say no. Um this doesn't work for me right now, but can we do it later? Right. Um, there's, there's ways to manage your own time in a very, very respectful kind of way to ensure that you get the things done each day that you need to. Um, I always encourage everyone to, to set yourself up for success the night before. Um, so know what your main priorities are, but also under, under book, you know instead of saying i have five things that i have to get done only plan for three things are going to come up so always building in that buffer of time um knowing that you're going to get less done than you anticipated knowing that something is going to come up um you're going to have an opportunity someone is going to need something something's going to break something like that but to really really be mindful of how time is being spent and once once you shift your mindset that you own it, as opposed to other people owning your calendar, um, it makes a real big difference.
1: Oh, so many good nuggets there, Danielle. Like, like the no piece, right? And that you are the owner of your time, and that you you set that, you know, and, and communicating that. I think that's what's important here too is communicate that. Even if you have an assistant to support that, to pr- to protect that, right? Um, it's oh, such such good juice because I know that it's. We hear it, you know, and the idea of, oh, sure, you know, time tracking, but it's powerful. It's powerful when you can get really connected with where is my time really going and being spent? You know, something that I have spent a lot of time with clients as well. And it's fascinating when you really look at where their time is going, how much of it is spent on things that are not moving the business forward, are not moving the vision forward, are it's, it's the busy work getting caught Mm -hmm. in that busy work and then feeling so overwhelmed because you have so much on your plate. But yet looking back to your role and responsibility as a CEO, there's a a misalignment, right? And, And you said something a bit earlier too, about the CEO being able to imagine being somewhere that they haven't before, right? And I know as a neuro coach, like sometimes we get caught up in the busy work to protect us from that unknown because we've never been there before. So driving home the vision right it's going back to that vision going back to the why going back to yeah why you said yes to this opportunity why you took the leap to to put yourself out there and and start this venture is is something that is so important to be reminded of and and just that you
0: you that you get to be empowered with the decisions that you make yeah. And I think it's real easy for it to go be like this fun, like adrenaline high, you know, kind of thing to this isn't fun anymore, feeling burnt out. And um, it's really important to be mindful of that, like to keep keep your energy high and um, really driving the business because that's where leaders are going to have the most impact.
1: That's where the leaders are going to have the most impact. Yes. Thank you, Danielle. So I'm very curious with your journey as a leader, as a CEO, if there is, you know, looking back on your yeah, your journey, if there's something like what is something that you wish you knew sooner on this process that you feel like would have maybe saved you some time or supported you in your leadership and the growth of your business? Yeah, what would that be?
0: Um that it's okay to take big chances on myself. Um it can be really scary to have that confidence, but I can tell you every single time that I have taken the big leap, it has just paid off in, in ways that I never, ever would have imagined. Um, and it's been such a driver for me when I look back saying, oh my gosh, I had no idea when I did this thing, it would lead to this, this, and this. So, um, sometimes it's about just being courageous before I have the confidence and that's okay
1: being courageous before having the confidence. Yes, that's beautiful. And if there's one single action step you would leave the listener with today to be able to move forward, right, in claiming the role of CEO and firing the chief everything officer, what would you say that would would be?
0: Take the time each day to really intention set what they want their, their day to be like. And I'm not a terribly like woo kind of person but I really think that that is important knowing what your rocks are what you have to get done everything else fits in and that's what really like forces the big leaps which is what we all want right yeah
1: yeah oh thank you Danielle that's beautiful so if the audience would like to connect with you more where is the best place that they can yeah find you on socials or connect with you
0: yeah, so I am on Instagram at Danielle underscore uh, C underscore Levy. That's probably the best place. And I always love a good DM. Get back to all my messages. Um, I always like to hear what resonates for people in these these kinds of discussions. Love a hard hitting question. Um, just like to hear from people.
1: Well, this was jam packed with so much goodness today, Danielle. So I really appreciate you being here and just sharing that your wisdom and challenging the listener to. What they are experiencing, right, and not, I guess, accepting the status quo of what they're experiencing right now, but really stepping into that that role of CEO, right, making those decisions, being able to separate themselves from that ent- from being the entity, and looking at all the space that they get to create for themselves and the leverage they get to create, and being the spokesperson for their team and their business, and being able to create that vision that they have for themselves and also for, you know, what they take a stand for. So I want to thank you for being here. And I also know you have a special gift for the audience as well that listened today.
0: Yes, I'm sure that you will provide the link, but um, it is the delegate better guide for any CEO or chief everything officer that doesn't quite know how um, to start stripping back some of those to do's on their list. Hopefully it will, it will help.
1: Oh, I love that because I think sometimes, I mean, it's even part of like, well, where do we, you know, going back to where do we start? What can we delegate? And I love the fact that you provide the audience with a list of just start here. And I think even if you're someone that has begun to delegate, it probably doesn't hurt to go back and look at other things that you can delegate because it's so easy to get into our routine. Right. And so I love that you provided the audience with this tool to help them you know, get rid of other things that are not necessary for them to do, right? Exactly, exactly. Well, I want to thank all our listeners for listening today. And of course, Danielle, for being here. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Unleashed and Stoppable podcast with your hosts,
0: Alexander Carter and Carol Register. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review and subscribe.
1: That's all for this episode, Wily Ambitious Leaders. See you next week.